we've talked about mental health quite a bit over the past uh, 20 months. It was an important issue, obviously, before the pandemic, but has become even more so after it and during it. We're not uh, out of it yet, so we can't quite say after the pandemic as much as we would like to. Uh, The intersection between mental health, between physical health and substance use is something I think people are becoming more aware of and something I want to talk about now because tomorrow the Canadian Alliance on Mental Illness and Mental Health will be launching the Parity Pledge. What is the Parity Pledge? Let's talk about that. Uh, Glenn Brimacombe is the chair of the Canadian Alliance on Mental Illness and Mental Health and joins us now. I appreciate the time today. Good morning. Pleasure to be with you. Before we get to the pledge, for those who are unaware, what does the Canadian Alliance on Mental Illness and Mental Health do? So the Canadian Alliance was formed in 1998, and it represents 13 national mental health organizations comprised of mental health care providers. So you would have psychologists, social workers, psychotherapists, family doctors, and equally important, uh, organizations representing persons with lived and living experience, their families, and caregivers. What is the Parity Pledge? So the Parity Pledge is something that emerged um, in our discussions, knowing that uh, recently with the federal election coming and going, a historic moment occurred where all national sitting uh, political parties made significant commitments to mental health, to investing in mental health and substance use. And we thought it would be important to ensure that a promise made is a promise kept, that it would be important to engage Canadians in terms of taking a parity pledge. And what it means is really three things. It means that we believe that mental health is just as important as physical health. And when you think of our healthcare system, largely we treat physical health issues. So if you have a broken arm, you have hip surgery, you require cataract replacement, you can usually get those services within a reasonable period of time. That isn't the case when it comes to accessing mental health or substance use health services. It also says that we believe that everyone in Canada should have timely access to publicly funded evidence-based mental health and substance use healthcare programs and services. So it is about expanding um, the array of publicly funded services when it comes to mental health and substance use. And again, it would include, because traditionally, if you look at psychology or social workers, psychotherapists and counselors, they lie outside the publicly funded healthcare system. We would like to see the public purse expanded, covering uh, the evidence-based services that these mental health care professionals provide. And then the last piece connects it to the federal government, that there is an essential role for the federal government to provide leadership and funding for mental health and substance use health programs and services in this country. And uh, there is some good news in the sense that knowing that the federal political parties have made commitments and the sitting government, for example, has committed $4.5 billion dollars in creating a new transfer to the provinces and territories called the Canada Mental Health Transfer, valued at $4.5 billion over the next five years. So there is good news. There is some momentum to build on, but we want to engage Canadians to speak to the members of Parliament directly by taking this pledge. What do you think has changed to have all the parties talking about this? We'll see if they act, but what has changed that they're at the very least talking about this in the way they haven't in the past? Well, that's a great question. I think you captured a piece of it in the context of not only with the COVID global global pandemic that certainly has 
acutely raised the issue around um, and capturing, in a sense, when you look at surveys, the decline in the collective mental health of Canadians. One, one interesting survey says that 40, 42% of Canadians believe that COVID will have a lasting impact on their mental health. That's a significant number. That's a compelling statement. Uh, but even before that, there was a growing momentum. There has been a lot of work in trying to destigmatize uh, mental illness and substance use health so that Canadians can feel more comfortable not only in talking about it, but of course the, the, the piece that goes with that is making sure that they have timely access to care as well. What sort of early response have you, I know the, the, this is going to be happening tomorrow, but what sort of early response have you had to the Parity Pledge? Well, it's been very positive. Um, individuals that we have spoken to, members of parliament that we have spoken to privately about what is about to unfold tomorrow has been very well received. Um, so we're really looking forward to um, having Canadians, and they tell us already. So when you look at the public opinion surveys, they value mental health. There's no question about that and the importance of accessing care on the substance use side as well. So we're uh, very excited about what will unfold tomorrow in the context of engaging Canadians and hopefully building on the momentum where politicians are and the public are as well. So that's a good thing where they're almost on the same wavelength. Let's make something very positive happen for Canadians. I don't want to get too far ahead of things, but um, funding is important. Funding is, is necessary. But how do we make sure we are funding, putting those funds towards the right direction in the right areas? Because you can you can always put good money after bad and um, people may have the best of intentions, but it may not have the desired result. Yeah, no, I think that that is a key question that is on the minds of uh, politicians and policymakers in Ottawa's. How do we make sure the money gets to the specific areas to actually improve access to care? We have the transfer itself, so notionally we hope the money will be there. But this is one of the key uh, points of discussion, if not negotiation, that will continue to occur between the federal government and the provinces and territories. Our view is that there should be uh, specific accountabilities to make sure that the funding is uh, going to the specific areas uh, of need. And of course, that may differ by province. There may be some particular areas of need that they will focus on hospitals. There may be other provinces that will want to invest around their uh, community-based programming and the family doctors, the family health teams in terms of expanding care. So you want to give them some flexibility at the same time. And one of the key pieces that I think is implicit in your question is about uh, reporting out to the public about the monies that the provinces are about to receive so that we can see that there is value for money. And as you said, it's going to the areas of focus that need it uh, the most when it comes to mental health and substance use health. We will follow with interest. Glenn, I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. That's uh, Glenn Brimacombe, uh, Chair of the Canadian Alliance on Mental Illness and Mental Health.